This is the Detroit Sports Podcast Network. Hey, this is Brian Peña. I always join the Vito Vacas, the best Vacas in the United States. This week's Two Bad Hombres podcast is brought to you by The Athletic. Premium coverage for passionate Detroit sports fans. Two Bad Hombres listeners can get 20% off the first year of an annual subscription by visiting theathletic.com slash DSP. I was trying to get an idea. I want them dead presidents. I want to pull up. Head spin. Get it, get flat. I got six jobs. I don't get it. And we are still, still, still not tired on Two Bad Hombres. I am your host, Avito Jerome Churko, alongside the Doc from Doc and Jock, John Charles Macaroon. John, how are you doing? Vito, welcome to the weekend. Always enjoy our conversations. The best part about having you part of this network is every time you shoot me a message, it's always something interesting. And today we have an in-studio guest. I'm greatly looking forward to the conversation. Look, as you all know, if you just look over my shoulder, I'm a Michigan State supporter, but... All love here at the Detroit Sports Podcast Network. If you got talent, if you're somebody that's interesting, we'll welcome you here. So everyone that's a Michigan supporter is welcome here. We'll just talk trash behind his back when he leaves. <laughs> and we have a very interesting dude here. And Detroit East English senior point guard, a Michigan signee, and David DeJulius. David, thanks for joining us. Oh, it's a pleasure for me to be here. Look, How are you doing? I'm doing good. Good. How about this weather? Uh, How have you been in terms of trying to stay warm? Just kind of trying to stay bundled up. Well, I'll be in the gym a lot, so let's be pretty warm there. Always in the gym, working at your craft, and I give you credit for that, and that's why your game has taken the next step. Right. I would say it has this season, in your senior season, once again, at Detroit East English. And I wanted to ask you to start off here. When did you actually start playing basketball? Well, I started at the age of four, but far as official basketball team, I started at Lipke Recreation Center when I was seven years old, played for the Tigers. Okay, and when did you first know that you could be exceptional at basketball, too? Well, I first started knowing probably, I would say, middle school. Uh, that was about the time I turned the corner. I started getting better. Started seeing my, my game kind of surpass some people that was better than, than I was. Any other sports growing up, too? No, not at all. I never played any other sports. So always focused on basketball? Yes, I, I ran mandatory cross-country. Okay. Yeah, that, so. Just to get in shape and to stay in shape right. all year yeah. long, too? Yeah, mental Mental endurance. And I think I read that you had wanted to become a Michigan Wolverine for a long, long time. Yeah. So I was going to ask you, when did you first realize, really, that you wanted to be a Michigan Wolverine? But it was way back in the day for you then? Uh, yeah, it was way back. When I first started, got to going about knowing what college basketball was, Michigan was always a, the front runner. Did John Beeline even have to make a sales pitch to you then, really? Or you already knew when he met with you that you wanted to go to Michigan? Uh, well, I knew that, uh, yeah, I wanted to go to Michigan. He uh-huh. had to a little bit just to sell me on how things was going, but once he got to talking, it wasn't really much more to say. I I was ready to jump on board. So what did he say in the sales pitch that you can reveal to us right now? Well, first and foremost, it wasn't even about basketball. It was just about I could see myself going to Michigan, even if I wasn't a basketball player. Just the education, the atmosphere, the the people I'm going to meet. And then as far as basketball part, just the the players I'm going to be around, players just like myself. I was just ready to make the move. Now, growing up, were there family members that were tough on you? Set the scene for us a little bit. How did you kind of evolve as a basketball player from your youth to now a young adolescent? Oh, yeah. My, my dad was pretty tough on me. Just about 
work ethic, my diet. I remember I got in trouble in school when I was in middle school for eating a little Kool-Aid, packet of Kool-Aid in my hands. <laughs> and I didn't really understand at the time. He was like, you can't be putting that, some type of things in your body. You got to take care of your body um, in all aspects. So, now, did you guys play a lot of one-on-one? Me and my dad, not really. We did a lot of free throw shooting contests. Mm-hmm. I actually haven't played since I got better, and I can beat him now, and he know that. So mm-hmm. I think one time we were shooting free throws, he probably made like 98 out of 100 or something. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. Yeah. He's got some game then as well. Oh, yes, he, he does. And now I wanted to talk about a recent performance of yours against Clarkston, the reigning Class A state champs. Right. You have 42 points. And you've been scoring a lot all season long, obviously. And that was a big game, obviously, because right. Clarkson won it all last year. As Foster Lawyer had the chance to go up against him, a senior point guard like yourself, and he's going to Doc's Michigan State Spartan. So <laughs> Doc loves that about Foster Lawyer, obviously. And that guy can ball. He has a major game. I saw him score 35 on Saturday yeah. against Detroit Pershing, too. So he's an incredible scorer when he gets going. Right. What was it like playing against him? And in outperforming them, you can say you outperformed Foster Lawyer. Right. You know, what does that mean to you? But also, do you think that catapulted yourself ahead of him in the conversation for Mr. Basketball? Oh, yeah, I, I for sure believe it did. You know, in my mind, I always thought, you know, I was a better player. So I just, all day, well, when I found out we was playing them guys, you know, I was just, I'm about to show what I know I can do. And my, conf- my teammates had confidence in me to go out there and perform. Uh, my teammates was great. They stepped up pretty big, and uh, without them guys, there was no victory there. So, I mean, I could have scored 42 points if I wanted to, but my teammates weren't there, and we would have lost. 42 points wouldn't matter. So all credit to my teammates. Set the scene for us when you're playing in a game and you start to notice that, okay, my shot's going down. What's that like? Because many people will say when they're in the zone, it just feels like the hoop is like, yeah. you know, you just can't miss. Like everything that you throw up there goes in there. What's that like? Right, it- it's it's great. It just to get in sync and the basket just begins to look like the ocean. Yeah. So in my head, I was just like, you've been putting in all this work, you've been put on the platform to perform and, and showcase your talents, and you are surrounded with great coaches and a great group of guys. So there's no pressure. Just go out there and do what you've been doing your whole life. I would love to have that feeling just one time in my life. <laughs> I've never had that feeling growing up, and now even, and I don't right. think I'll ever have that feeling. I know Doc hasn't either. I mean, look at him. Come on. <laughs> Joking. But Dakota, I don't know if he has either, but I bet Dakota has more than uh, Doc and I have. <laughs> but anyways, if you were to win Mr. Basketball, what would that mean to you? It would mean a lot to me. Um, like I stated before, just to see all the hard work being to pay off, and just to see some credit being Showing my way, uh, it would mean a lot to me, and, uh, and I know it would mean a lot to my teammates because they want me to win it as well, as evident it is in the game, how unselfish they are as a team, how they push their ego to the side to, to watch me succeed. So, yeah, it would mean a lot to me. For our listeners that may not be basketball fans, tell us about your game. How would you describe how you play on the basketball court? I would say with heart, passion, aggression. I, I know how guys, you know, they see a guy going to Michigan, so they kind of want to make a name off of me. So I kind of try to go out there and play my hardest and, and give my best effort and, and play with some grit. Do people openly trash talk you on the court? Oh, yes. What uh, kind of, one kid punched me last game. Come so, on. Really? Yeah. It, it, the ref just kind of has a regular foul. He punched me in my stomach. So, yeah, I was at the free throw line. One kid was like, you're not going to be anything in Michigan and all that. So I get all that, but you just had to have thick skin and move forward. Have you ever responded, or do you feel like, you know what, this is something that's going to keep happening, so i got to kind of keep my ego in check? And, uh, hey, listen, if you're going to talk smack to me, I'm just going to show you by dropping the ball in the rim and right. uh, showing, you, uh, showing you up. Yeah, I would say last year I, I talked back, but this year I don't say a word. I may talk to, more so talk to my teammates, because that could be time I could be 
leave my teammates and telling them what we can be doing better instead of talking about to them. Have you felt the guys have come at you harder since you signed with Michigan, since your name, your reputation has blown up too? For sure. And my coach expressed that to me. He just said, you know, everyone's you got a bullseye on you now, and you have to know that. So you got to step on the court and show everyone why you're going to Michigan and why you, who you are. Would you say that in terms of your game, are you a, uh, also a facilitator? Do you enjoy also you know, running the point and uh, getting your teammates involved too? Because in, ter- in terms of basketball, when you have debates with people, there's kind of a notion that you know, in terms of the point guard position, you got to kind of be able to put the ball in the basket. But also at the same time, you got to be able to, you got to do a lot at the point guard position. Right. You got to run the offense. You got to kind of get guys involved. You got to do a lot of things, especially basically many people will say that you're kind of the assistant on the floor and you got to be paying attention to what coach wants because if you're not, you're going to hear it. For sure. Just um, point guard spot, it's a major role. Like you said, assistant coach, you're a coach on the floor. And coach expresses that a lot to me. I just, it's just real fun just to see me kick it to a guy in the corner. He hit a three. To see Xavion guy with me throw him alley hoop and just see him get the going and see the bench get to liven up a bit. It's real fun seeing my guys to see and it seems like you've embraced doing a little bit of everything on the floor. And we talked about, I texted you about, hey, you know, recording a triple-double against Detroit Pershing. That yeah. was huge. I mean, that shows you right there and what you're averaging across the board. You've been solid in every single category, right. rebounds and assists as well. And obviously, like Doc was kind of saying, you know, being a facilitator is very, very important. Yes. Well, you've embraced that, and you can do all three things. Right. And at the next level, you know, how will that set you apart at Michigan and make it easier for you to get PT right away at U of M as well? Oh, for sure. I, I knew that, um, as I say, you know, when you come to the next level, everyone there for a reason. So what's going to set you apart from the other guys? And that's being able to rebound, being able to defend, being able to find your teammates in sweet spots. Not only find your teammates open, but in spots where they can succeed. You don't want to get a player that's not really comfortable shooting. You give him an open three. You probably don't want to get him going to the basket. So just get my teammates in positions that have strengths and succeed. So you guys had a bit of a rough stretch to start the season, but seven straight wins now for you guys at East English. Yeah. Very impressive. Ranked number eight in Mick McCabe's Super 10 rankings. I care about because I work at the Free Press. I know all about it. I follow it. I bet you do as well. And when you see yourself ranked there and then the team that you beat in Class A Clarkston being number one still. Now, I know they have the one loss. You guys have the two losses. Right. But does that bother you when you see that, when you know I've already gone out and beaten Clarkston? Yeah, yeah I'm not going to sit here in front and say it don't because it does. Um, just to see that, it's just fuel to the fire. Uh, it's fuel to my teammates as well. When I see things like that, I make sure I go in the locker room. I tell my teammates, but this this what was shown on paper. You know, it just give us an extra fire in our step. You know, we come in practice. Now everyone's going hard. Everyone's just trying to do their best. All right, as a guy that grew up here, are you Isaiah Thomas guy, Magic Johnson guy? Who are your early influences? Who are guys that you modeled your game after, um, past and present? I would say... Um, I'm an Isaiah Thomas guy out of them guys, mm-hmm. but I, I really like my mood, Ralph. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just posted him on Instagram. Uh, I think he's a very most underrated point guard ever. Tell us I, about his game. What made you uh, gravitate towards him? What did you like about I him? I feel like my, my playing style is his, just mm-hmm. the way how he can get his shot off real fast, how he mm-hmm. can score, also set the tone for his teammates. So many great Michigan point guards in the past. As recently as last year, Derek Walton leading U of M to a Sweet 16 appearance. Right. Now, I read, once again, Mick McCabe's article, another plug for him. He doesn't need it, does he? But I'm going to still bring him up. In the article, I read how you studied film and have of Derek Walton. Yeah. What have you taken from his game and applied to your own? Uh, really, just, just how he come off the pick and rolls, um, how he's a leader, how he gets his teammates involved, 
especially the second half of his senior year, how he was aggressive and creating his own shot, but also getting his teammates involved. So, yeah, I just kind of study that now, kind of still studying him now, just other point guards as well. Michigan pulling off that upset in East Lansing this past Saturday. Now, I didn't see it coming. Dakota wanted to happen. You could tell. So I know you're happy about that. This guy obviously didn't want it to happen, being an MSU alum. But anyways, how much does that mean to you when you see that happen and on the road against a team that was ranked number one at one point this season and might be number one again at some point too? It's it's very refreshing just to just know I'm about to be a part of that. Um, Just – you can show that Coach Beeline and the guys that's there can can see and do anything. So just to know that I'm going to be a part of that and months to come, uh, it's very refreshing. It gives me the confidence and, and happiness and joy to go on about my day. What are you looking forward to the most when it comes to that rivalry? Just uh, just the split of the state, just how some people Michigan State, some people Michigan. Just, it's just, just blessings just to be a part of that rivalry. Um, I don't think people you know say that enough just to – be in a discussion of a Michigan-Michigan State rivalry. I think that would be just to be able to come home and talk to my family about it. Uh, that's great. Mo Wagner, how about his play in that oh, game yeah. against Barty, too? 27 points in 27 minutes. Good. He's been impressive all year long, the junior big man. He has NBA, obviously, aspirations, and I see him doing some big things there. What are your thoughts now, you being the analyst here? What do you think about his you know, play at the next level and what that will become? Well, I think he'd be, he'd be real good at the next level. Um, because, you know, I, I get to see the behind-the-scenes things, and I go to practice. He's a big talker, competitive guy, big talker. And just to see that and how competitive he is, I know at the next level he's going to go there and be competitive as well and be successful. How do you think this Michigan team compares to last year's Michigan team? Both pretty good teams. Both will exceed expectations. Uh, just like last year they won Big Ten and got to the Sweet 16, which I believe people didn't really think. Just like this team right now, just the start that they have, and people didn't think they would. They would say, oh, they don't have this, they don't have that. Well, they're doing pretty good now. Now, I'm curious about your high school experience because I know that sometimes when somebody's known that they got athletic talent, then sometimes people view them differently. Potentially, maybe you got a bunch of haters. What was your high school experience like? And do you have to kind of also maybe at this point in time be a little bit careful in terms of like who's coming around you, who's talking to you, how are they approaching you and things like that? What Set the scene a little bit for us. What's it like being a recruit, somebody that's committed to a Big Ten program now and being a senior in high school? Oh, for sure. And then I get to see it firsthand. Um, you know, I get to someone tell me, like, such and such said this thing bad about you. And then I see them at the game, and they want to hug me and shake my hand. So I, I see that firsthand. But like I said, I'm around great coaches and great teammates. Um, when I go home, I'm with great parents and siblings. So I just kind of stay within my circle, stay surrounded by my loved ones and the ones that was there from the start. Basically, you're right. Don't respond to the gossip. I mean, I've gossiped about Vito all day long, but... Uh, he loves doing it. Vito won't confront me, so that's the best part about it. I go to Dakota and be like, hey, I got something to tell you about Vito. <laughs> but like you said, I mean, there is something about being able to block out those guys, too, from your life and from influencing you. Because I know as you grow and grow and get you know, bigger and better and you get to Michigan, all these guys are going to be coming to you, oh, swarming sure. to you and telling you that they love you. And you got to find a way to kind of dispel all that yeah. at the same time, yeah. right? For sure. Um, but like I said, just I just stay surrounded by my teammates. So I don't even have to be around that. You know, it's very easy to just be around my teammates and people who genuinely love me for who I am. How much of your day is spent playing basketball maybe in the summer months? Ooh. Uh, well, I would say maybe three, three, four hours at least of basketball work. Mm-hmm. Drills and putting um, up shots and things like that. And then the other stuff, not even basketball. It's watching film, uh, mm-hmm. yoga. 
boxing, mm-hmm. or cross training, things of that nature, swimming. So I would say most of the time I'm woke, it, it's dedicating towards me getting better, whether it's on or off the floor. And are you trained by Tony Harrison? Yes. The boxer. That's my, yes. He was on this podcast network for an interview as well. So we know okay. Tony, and uh, there's a nice connection right there. He's a good guy. So yes, I know he works you hard, huh? Yes, he does. And what would you tell now a young guy growing up that wants to become what you have become and wants to become this guy that can play at Michigan or a Big Ten school? What would you tell that young kid? I would say it's not how you start. It's how, how you finish. Because to be honest, I was a little chubby kid in fifth, sixth grade, and I wasn't getting the recognition that I do now. And, you know, people care about rankings, so caught up into rankings now. It's not about that. Uh, it's about going to school for free, seeing the uh, weight lift off your parents. They don't have to worry about that. And ultimately being successful in life going forward. I was going to ask you, too, your three-star based on 24-7 sports is composite ranking. Right. So it doesn't really matter to you? Cause I was going to ask you, does it really matter yeah, to you, honestly, when you does. see that? I, I don't think when I come in, my first Michigan practice coach is going to say, I'm going to play you because you're a five-star. I'm not going to play you because you're a three-star. So, I mean, I don't really pay attention to it. I just keep getting better and uh, listen to my coaches and family. And it's about what you do. Basically, you got to prove yourself. That's when right. you get to practice at Michigan, the first practice, you got to start proving yourself right then and there. Right then and there. Stars go out the window. What do you think, if you were to look at your scouting report, what do you think it says on it? As far as me and my, yep. my game In, in your game, yep. Oh, I would just say, like I said, aggressive, persistent. Um, just staying, keeping it, uh, shoving it down your throat day in and day out, uh, pushing the ball, uh, defending, talking to my teammates. If there were one or two components of your game that you wanted to get better or that people would feel could be improved, what would that be? One, off the ball, mm-hmm. defense. Mm-hmm. Um, and second, getting better at my decision making. Because mm-hmm. at the next level, things got to get quicker. Mm-hmm. Got to get a lot quicker. My decision making I made now has to be a step faster. So it'll be yeah, my t- um, decision making. Is it really true what people say that defense is really all about effort? I mean, many coaches are going to come to the table with different philosophies, but you really see that, you know, the game of basketball as it's evolved at the college level and at the pro level, it's really about the offense. And sometimes defense takes a step back, but you know you can make a name for yourself if you play defense. In terms of, you know, your thoughts about defense, one, tell us what you think about defense. And two, among your teammates, do you got, do you got to kind of talk to the guys about improving defense or emphasizing a little bit more? Because everybody loves to put up shots, but in terms of grinding and, you know, making sure you get over and get your guy, defense sometimes is a lot about effort, but it's a, it's a lot about also, too, communicating and a lot of working parts that got to come together for a defense to propel itself to play well. Preach, right. Doc. Preach, right. man. Cook. I'm a defensive guy. Yeah, that's I can why. tell. Yeah, because, you know, when, you're, when you're 5'3 <laughs> and you get on the court, you, you ain't hooping. You gotta hooping. be scrappy. Sure. Oh, yeah. um, you gotta get that ball. You gotta, steal, yeah. you gotta steal the ball. Yeah, but I, I would say defense is 80% effort. Okay. 20% strategic. Okay. Uh, you have to know guys' tendencies. If you like to shoot, you want to play up. If you like to drive, you want to play towards him driving and make him force him to shoot the ball. So, yeah, I would say that for sure. And then talking is a big key of it. You know, I heard one thing. It said, "If if you're not talking, then you're thinking of yourself." Mm. And that was a that's a major key that I think. If I'm, if I'm not talking right now, I'm thinking of myself and I'm being selfish, and my teammates do not deserve that. You were chubby as a kid at one point. You said, "Yeah." So I didn't just put that out there. You said that yourself first. Yeah. So I want to make that clear. Yeah. Now you're clearly not now. Right. So what goes in your body on a daily basis now? Oh, uh, I'm mostly vegan now. Okay. Yeah, um, a lot of complex carbs, vegetables, and um, nothing but water. Maybe some tea. Do you miss the meat? No, every now and then, you know, I have meat. Uh, I, you know, mostly seafood or eggs or things that something that's light. But I don't. I'm not. Never was really a meat person anyway. So yeah. 
So do you feel like going vegan can be advantageous for you in terms of energy? Because it's very true. Uh, one stretch of time there, I went like 40, 45 days with no meat at all, no fish, mm-hmm. no chicken. And it really did feel the best I ever felt in my life. Yeah. But it's really tough because we, we live in a society that loves meat. So right. it's really hard to stay that way. But what's it like being vegan? Is it well, to take extra work or do your family support you in terms of cooking? Or can you uh, prepare meals yourself? Right. Yeah, I prepare meals myself. But um, it's actually, I've been vegan for probably three, four weeks. Okay. So just to see the performance and the play I'm having on the court now makes me want to keep at it. So what can you make, by the way? Because I can't make anything. So maybe you have to make something really, for me or for Doc. I'm simple. So okay. like, I really eat the same thing every day. Um, like today I had oatmeal with some peanut butter and raspberries in it. For lunch, I probably have salad, some lentil soup, beans, or something for protein. Okay. And then for dinner, like last night, I made some um, some brown rice pasta. Okay, so you made all this, like the salad, the the lentil yeah, soup, yeah. all by yourself? Yeah, I made this. I, just look on Google. Recipes. Okay, I guess I have to Google these things you know, on YouTube <laughs> and find out, because all that I can make right now is a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> I mean, a killer peanut butter and jelly sandwich, but... Are you having any difficulties or any challenges? Because at the same time, you're an athlete and you got commitments there. Um, you said yourself that you always felt like you wanted to go to Michigan. How is it balancing being a student... And at the same time, your commitments athletically in terms of training and, you know, games and things like that. How tough is it now for you? Well, um, I don't think it's really tough. My life kind of predictable, just school and basketball, really. And it's not, I mean, I love to do it. So it's not like I'm being forced to do it or anything. I, I love waking up early. I love waking up 530 in the morning like I did this morning, pick up two teammates. We're going to get some shots up in the gym. Then we got school and then we got practice later on. So I enjoy just being around my teammates and coaches. I like to hear that. Up and early. I give you credit for that because guess where I'm at at 5.30 in the morning? <laughs> uh, <laughs> <and> <laughs> yeah. Not even close to getting up. Yeah. Now, I probably should be getting up a bit earlier, but for sure. anyways. Now, what are your expectations for next season at Michigan? Uh, really, a Big Ten championship and a national championship. Just a win. Uh, I think earlier in my life, you know, stats were kind of a priority, but not anymore. I just do whatever it takes to win, whether that's a score, to facilitate, or rebound. I think ultimately when you win, everyone gets taken care of. Do you know what you're going to major in yet? Uh, right now, I'm thinking business and finance, and maybe minor kinesiology. Uh, that may change, but as of right now, that's what I'm going towards. So maybe he could teach me how to cook, Doc, but also about business. <laughs> because I, I could use that help, right, as well. I think you've noticed that in the past. Now, John Beeline, yeah. what are you looking forward to the most when it comes to playing for him? Just all the things I can learn from him on and off the floor. Like I said before, um, I was actually in film with them the day before they played Michigan versus Illinois. So just to see how how much better he made guys, like what reach you're supposed to be making, what hand you're supposed to be dribbling with when you're supposed to make this pass, when you're supposed to make that pass. So just really just waiting for him to just teach me all that, that he can and just take my game to the next level. So I can tell you know your Michigan history too. Yeah. Now, who do you think has been the best player that's worn the Michigan gear at one point or another, in your lifetime at least, that you know, you've been able to watch? Trey Burke. Okay. For sure. Jay Burke. Yeah, I got to go with him all day long. And now growing up, who was that one NBA player that you truly idolized? First, it was Chauncey Billups, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think most of my, being a little kid, it was Chauncey Billups for sure. Um, but right now, it would be like guys like Russell Westbrook, Kyrie Irving. Guys to just play with that aggressive and aggressiveness and passion. Can Kyrie win without LeBron? I mean, that's a big thing now for him, right? That's why he wanted sure. to get moved from Cleveland. Do you think it... Well, do you think it will happen? Not if it could. Do you think it will happen at some oh, yeah. point? Yeah, for, for sure. Um, it's evident right now just the type of season that they're having and he's having as an individual. Yeah, he for sure can win without LeBron. 
Okay, everyone asks, everyone debates it. You know, we saw it last year in the NBA Finals. Is it LeBron or is it Kevin Durant? Who's the number one guy right now oh, in the NBA? Who is it? LeBron, for sure. Okay, why you say that? Because he just, I mean, he's been to the Finals, um, I don't, is it seven straight years or mm-hmm, something? Mm-hmm. He's just, a, I mean, the guy's unbelievable. Then for him to be at 35, 36 years old and for him, his body to be that strong and for him to still be having the season that he's having. I think it's kind of a no-brainer. Well, the Cavs win with LeBron again. Do you think that'll happen? Oh, yes, I believe so. I for sure believe they have a strong shot this year. Maybe if he stay again, you know, LeBron never settles. So if they if they lose this year, he's going to get something else to, to compete next year. Well, the big question is, does he stay? Do you think he will pass this season? I think he I think he's leaving. If we want okay. to, if you want to debate a little bit, if you just look at last year's finals, didn't you see that uh, Kevin Durant kind of carried a little bit the Golden State Warriors in that series? You you saw him head to head, and you seen him what they would do late in the games in the fourth quarter. Now you have to respect LeBron. Everybody does, but when you say who's the best right now, I would say it's Kevin Durant one and LeBron two, just because Kevin Durant right now is in his prime, and LeBron being like you said in his mid thirties, he's gonna need a little bit of help if he's gonna facilitate on the court. I think it's easy to be um, doing very well on the side of Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, joining the 72-9 and team. Um, I think it's very well to succeed. So, I mean, that's why I think LeBron ultimately is the best player in the world. Because you, you take Kevin Durant off that team and put him on Cleveland, you put LeBron on Golden State. I don't think Kevin Durant could really carry the Cleveland Cavaliers like how LeBron can. And I agree with you. So I even like you more now, David, because you know what? I looked at last season what Durant did. Well, he had Steph Curry, right. Draymond Green, Klay Thompson. He was getting off shots, wide-open looks where he wanted right. on the floor. Well, why was that the case? The star talent, right. so the supporting cast that he has, which is better than the Cavaliers. Nobody can contend with the Warriors, truly. I don't care how good LeBron is. And that's why I think LeBron is the best player, because he can do so much as well. You know, he can pass. He's, right. Is he the best passer in the league? He's the best point forward. Yeah, I mean, he's like the point guard on the team. For sure. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, he passed very well. He arguably the, yeah, the best passer in the world. I mean, you could very well argue that. And I think Ray John Rondo. Yeah, and I think he can. You know what? I think he can do more than what Michael Jordan could ever do. And that's where, or that's why I would pick LeBron over MJ. I don't know about you. What do you think regarding that debate? Well, I got MJ first, Kobe second, LeBron third. So Kobe, actually, you like more oh, than yeah, LeBron. I like I like Kobe. Kobe probably my uh, favorite player. Okay, time. and why is that? By the way, oh, well, why him yeah, over LeBron he's too? Just a, the aggression, he's he pure heart and competitiveness. I like guys like that that just like to get after it, uh, stick their nose, and not afraid to do the dirty work. And now, now he has two numbers retired. I mean, think about that. He was that good, right? And his NBA career to have two numbers retired. Did you like that? Oh yes, I did. But I, I bet you did. You like you like Kobe too. Because if you split his career into two different number eight and number twenty four, he had Hall of Fame careers in both numbers. So yeah, I think he deserved it. When you look at basketball, we got to talk about the Detroit Pistons, the hometown team. What do you make of them? Because when we talk Pistons, it's it's really the, the hardcore fans that want to talk about it right now because the team is not on the trajectory of winning a title. A lot of fans kind of are off the bandwagon or not paying attention as closely. So people are debating, you know, should the Pistons just tank and draft, you know, in the top five and get that superstar. But when you watch the Pistons, it's interesting because – on nights where they're on and they can shoot, you got Tobias Harris, you got guys that can put the ball in the basket, Avery Bradley, bringing defensive swagger to the team. But there are nights when they play the Bulls and Charlotte and they they get outworked and they give up a bunch of points. So it makes it hard because they're right now they're around a 500 team. What do you make of the 2017-2018 Pistons? 
Yeah, I for sure think they need that that superstar. Mm-hmm. The, um, That's right. So you're not you're not uh, classifying maybe Andre as that superstar just yet. No, no. And not when you get outworked by uh, Dwight Howard and the uh, Charlotte Hornets. I mean, that's not a good look either for Andre Drummond. When Drummond's in his prime, Dwight Howard supposedly is not in his prime, right? Right. Not a good look for Andre Drummond at all. Not at all. So safe to say you're on Team Tank, man. Just go go with it and uh, lose a bunch of games similar to the Sixers? (laughs) No. (laughs) Not on Team Tank? tank. I can't tank. No? I'm sorry. I just can't tank. So how do we get that superstar? Yeah. Please tell us because... I think we're trying to figure it out, and we're saying, well, if you tank, you might be more easily able to get that superstar. So what do you think it would take for the Pistons without well, tanking to get that superstar? It might have to be something that's not related to basketball, which is really going on now, which is Dan Gilbert um, building downtown up the way he is, and just uh, it being more of an attraction. You know, like people want to play for the Lakers because it's L.A., and people want to play for Gold State because it's in California, great weather, great place. So I think it would take, uh, you know, Things other than basketball to attract more superstars to the city. So Golden State, do you think Golden State is untouchable? Or is there anybody that can truly beat Golden State, whether it be the Rockets, the Cavaliers in the Eastern Conference, or somebody else? Yeah, I think they got to stack up a little more to do that. And uh, well, I've been hearing rumors that the Cavs making going to make a major move. So I've heard mm-hmm. that too now for DeAndre Jordan right. or Paul George. Now, I heard Jason Whitlock earlier on Colin Coward's show say, they got to go and get Paul George mm-hmm. to be able to compete. Now, do you think mm. George is a bigger move for the Cavs to get them over the top, or would it be DeAndre Jordan? I'm going to go with Paul George just because it's going to stay more of a small ball type of team, and they need somebody that can defend uh, the way that Paul George can on the perimeter and also another scoring threat from the perimeter. And then D-Wade, I mean, what is D-Wade at this point? Now, he looked good in stretches against Golden State on Monday night. He did, actually, and playing good defense. He can give a burst of energy and score a little bit, but he's not the same, obviously. Oh, no. Yeah, he's good off the bench, so I think he can lead the second unit. But Paul George, man, I mean, he can score and score better than LeBron, for really. Sure. For sure. Um, I think the NBA is more of a prime person's game uh, for people that's in a prime. But Dwayne Wade, I think what he brings to the team, it's not even physical. It's just his veteranism and just the things he can teach the other guys to getting better. His smarts, right? Yeah. And you got him who's smart, has won before. You've got LeBron who's truly intelligent. I mean, I think his basketball IQ is off the charts. Off the charts. It's uncanny. I mean, Magic Johnson, guys like that, but LeBron and him. And I think, you know what, by the way, that they're very comparable guys. I think LeBron almost is more comparable to Magic Johnson than sure. to Michael Jordan. I agree with that. Because of how gifted of passers, Passing, right, yeah. I agree with that. that they are. Even the all-around game that he that he has. Yeah. yeah. Now, have you had an opportunity to meet any current NBA players or past NBA players that the experience stuck with you? Yes. Um, well, I was in California for AU trip. Mm-hmm. I met Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul, Derrick Fisher. What was that like? It was great. Um, you know, Derrick Fisher and Russell Westbrook were just like you know regular people, regular guy. Mm-hmm. It was a uh, smile for the picture. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was great just to see them guys just to. See how tall they were and things of that nature. Did you get a chance to pick their brain anything like that? Or were they kind of giving their talks and then keeping it moving? Uh, basically. I I really talked to Derry Fisher a little second. Asked him a few questions or whatever. But yeah, just just to be around them guys and just to pick their brain is very helpful. What was it like for you playing AAU? Because people kind of have sometimes uh, conflicted feelings about it because, you know, sometimes some things don't go exactly right. People are negatively influencing the kids. Some people are saying, well, maybe it takes away from the high school game. What was your experience like in AAU? Was it, was it positive? Yes. I played with the family most of all my AAU okay. season. And I actually opted out of the summer basketball. I okay. stopped. My last tournament was in May, mm-hmm. and I didn't finish out in July. But yeah, it was fun for sure just to 
uh, meet new people from different high schools and just to experience the country. So yeah, it was a great experience. Did you get the chance to see Russ Westbrook's attire off the floor up close and personally? Because he he has a style to him. Yeah, but it was summertime. He had on a regular little outfit. He just had some shorts, t-shirt, and a pair of his shoes. That and he might be the most stylish dude oh, in yeah. the NBA. For sure. Yeah. I think so. I think that's pretty easy to say. Yeah. He would win that award. I think there has been now. I think they're doing a fashion award thing, or they have, right? Like TNT I put it on so. her. Yeah. I think they've started yeah, he, that and maybe sure. did one already. But yeah, For sure. Get that award. And then OKC, so how about him winning a title? Do you think he'll ever win an OKC? And if not, do you think he ends up moving on to I, play somewhere else like with the Lakers? I think he ends up moving on to the Lakers. Just a competitor that Russell Westbrook is. I mean, I, I know just to, to see how he is, I know he want to win bad. And I know uh, he'll find a way to, to win, and whether it's that staying there and recruiting more guys or moving forward. And now Magic Johnson, what is he going to do, right? He has so many options, it seems like. And because it's the Lakers, he's leading the, the team as a team president now. Can he attract LeBron? Can he attract Paul George? Can he attract Russ Westbrook, who went to UCLA? People have said that for many years now, that Russ will go there. Paul George, maybe Russ will get Paul George to go with them. What do you think about the Lakers' future and who they will end up attracting? Oh yeah, Like I said before, it was L.A., so it's easy attraction as far as the scenery and place-wise. And just Magic Johnson played basketball, so, you know, him and just – being able to talk to the to the guys about basketball, and I know they respect him at a high level. So just to be ha- to have that respect factor, and it being in L.A. with the rich tradition of L.A. Lakers and the potential, the young guys they have. So yeah, I believe he- he'll get it done. And now you brought up idolizing Chauncey Billups yeah. and those '04 Pistons. You were kind of brought up on them, as I was. Cause I'm close to you in age. I think well, John's not as close, but anyways, I think he actually got the chance to witness the Bad Boy Pistons. Yeah. yeah, I know I didn't. <laughs> I would have loved to, though, honestly. I mean, I see the highlights and like the documentary that came out. That was great. Did you watch that? I did not. I did not see well, you got to watch yeah. it. It's an ESPN 30 for 30 I will. on the Bad Boy Pistons. So they won the back-to-back title. So they won more than the 04 Pistons, the going-to-work Pistons. And I guess we're a little bit biased here, but who would you take head-to-head, the 04 Pistons or those Bad Boy Pistons? Oh, the Dave? Bad Boys. I'm going to go with the Bad Boys. They they both was played together and were sinking and were a unit. But I think the Bad Boys had more grit. They were the bad boys, literally. And then the 04 Pistons, is there a Hall of Famer on that team? I think Ben Wallace, who I believe is now eligible for the first time, something like that. Big Ben, I think, should get in. Now, I mean, you could argue for Chauncey, right? You probably could. I, I think that's it, though. I think you can't get mad at either, like, if they make it or not. It's one of those. Either one of the starting five, them getting in or them not getting in. So I think it's a hit and miss, really. They were borderline. borderline. I mean, they were all-stars, mm-hmm. but they weren't all-stars year in, year out. None of them ever dominated or probably were like top five at their position. Maybe Ben Wallace, but he couldn't score to save his life. He was all defense. I mean, great. Multiple time defensive player of the year award winner. But, you know, offensively, that limited him. And uh, I would love to see who actually made the most all star games out of those guys because I got to believe Chauncey and Big Ben were up there from those uh, 04 Pistons and the teams that made the six straight Eastern Conference Finals, too, with the Pistons. Yeah. John? Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. I mean, when you look at the history of basketball, the, the thing that I always say is that the Pistons were just so underrated. I feel like they deserve more respect. I mean, uh-huh. you know, at the time, there weren't that many teams that were winning back-to-back titles. And you look at the Pistons, and you just feel like they get overshadowed a little bit by the Bulls. They get overshadowed a little bit by other teams because, you know, of, of the stuff going on with Isaiah Thomas. And I just wish the Pistons would get actually more credit. And, uh, you know, hopefully with the, new, the, the makeup of the current team that they can get back to it because the Pistons are a story franchise and you got to have a solid team in Detroit in this city because 
uh, I think David will agree. It's a great basketball town. You get a yeah. sense that this this city, this vibe around town, they like basketball, but they like winning basketball. Yes, for sure. Exactly, right? And NBA TV did that players-only monthly special with Magic Johnson and Isaiah. Did you watch I, that? I saw that. That was good. I saw that. They ended up crying. Yeah. Was That's, like, this really happening? Mm-hmm. It was, it was crazy to get that, you know, recorded like that for the show. That was cool to see. And they were, you know, friends back in the day. Then they had the discrepancy. They weren't as tight. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Isaiah being left off of the Dream Team. I know that was huge and a reason why they weren't as close then for a while. So I guess it's good to see that they've rejoined forces and they're buds again. And they have so many memories. For sure. It just shows you what basketball does. Mm-hmm. I mean, people see, you know, a basketball player putting it in the hoop, him scoring some odd points. But it just does so much for you in life, just the relationships that you create and just the, the, the bonds and people that you meet. It, it, it's far more than basketball. The current Pistons really quick. I wanted to say, Reggie Jackson, do you think he has a long-term future in Motown? I don't think so. I don't think anyone's really safe on that team. Or yeah. Having a future, long-term future with the Pistons. Cool to see Kay Felder now. Mm-hmm. Has a two-way contract just nabbed by the Pistons, and maybe he's the guy that replaces Reggie or just gets some more PT yeah. here because of Reggie being out for the yeah. time being. Doc? Yeah, let's get to know David a little bit better. What's in your MP3 player? When What do you come out to? What do you like to listen to Be prior to a game? What are you listening to? I have a versatile type mm-hmm. of... So uh, you might have... You might get a little a little Drake. Uh, okay. Then you might get a little Chris Brown in there. Okay. So, yeah, I see I, all types of music. Uh, whatever is popular on the radio at that, at that moment. Well, I was going to say, it's funny. Dakota gave me a little look because when you said MP3 player... Oh, Oh, now we know yeah. what you meant, oh, but you got jogged iPod. a little bit, not just by yeah, me yeah, yeah. here, and yeah. I'm sorry to throw him under the bus no, here, it's but okay. I had to bring it up. Uh, oh, the iPod or the you, You'll forgive Dakota, right? And Dakota, yeah. forgive me, please. I'm sorry for doing that uh, to you, but that's the point of this here. No problem. But so you got your music that you like. How about a food, you know, a certain type of food? I know you talked about being vegan and whatnot, right. but is there that one go-to dish for you? Go-to dish. It would be some type of pasta with seafood in there or something like that. Okay. Last great movie you saw. Last great movie I saw. Actually, I'm sorry. We, me and my teammates went to the movies mm-hmm. before uh, the game at Idle Hills. I think her name was Robin G. What's her name? Uh, she played Cookie and and. Um, oh, okay. In um, Empire. Empire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Play, I forget her actual name, but yeah, I know you're talking about. That. I don't know the name of the movie. Mm-hmm. Probably because we. It was actually during the Michigan versus Michigan State game, so I okay. was looking on Twitter, seeing the. Not really even paid attention to the yeah. movie. Yeah. But yeah. Um. But yeah, that was a good movie. Okay. Yeah, it was a good movie for sure. So I had to say that. Well, I'm going to steal one from you. I know where you're going to go eventually. Mm-hmm. Lafayette or American Coney Island? Have you been to either of them, by the yes, way? Yes, I have. Okay. Lafayette or American? Ooh, that's tough. I, I don't really see a big difference in them. Okay. I'm going to have to, yeah, I, it really doesn't matter. They're both pretty good. Is there a favorite arena or high school place that you've played at that where you say, okay, wow, it's a nice building uh, in California maybe or in Michigan? Any um, basketball arena that really stood out to you? Basketball arena? Oh, I'd say uh, I like Callahan Hall. Okay, yeah, very much. A lot of history. We've there. been there. I went to school at Detroit Mercy, so my alma mater. I was there for a lot of games. Sorry to this guy here, but his OU Golden Grizzlies dominate Detroit Mercy anyway. So he's yeah. all right right now. Yeah, but so. not stuck with ego. I like. I want to play at Oakland too, though. Mm-hmm. It's a, a cool court. court. The black nice court. court. What is it called officially? I mean, I know it's the arena, but the black court. Yeah, they call it the arena on the black top. The black uh, top. Yeah. They really institute that as their main, their main staple here at Oak. Oakland University, and mm-hmm. it's not as big as most arenas. You look, I mean, they're at UIC last night, yep. and they got five, six, seven thousand people stadiums that they could play in. 
but they're not even filling up 25%. You know, a Friday night, the arena is going to be packed every time. You've yep. seen it firsthand, John. Yep. I yep. mean, there's something about that atmosphere, especially when you get Grizz Gang going. Uh, the arena is something else. <laughs> they fill it up at Callahan, man. I mean, but it's too big. It's such a big venue. Yeah. You know this, where yeah. it doesn't fill up, so you don't hear anybody. Right. It's one of those quality over quantity things. Mm-hmm. I think it is. I mean, it has that vintage, nostalgic feel to it, yeah. which attracts people because of all the legendary players that played there in the past, right? right. Like former Pistons that did, Terry Tyler, who's been on this podcast. That's why mm-hmm. I bring him up, obviously. Mm-hmm. But no, John Long. I mean, other guys that played at Detroit Mercy that ended up playing in the NBA. And then recently, too, Willie Green and guys like that. For sure. John? Other non-basketball-related sports that you really enjoy doing? Non-basketball-related. You said I would have tr- to say, it would be three I named four. You got yoga, swimming, and boxing. Mm-hmm. And my favorite out of those three, I would have to, I would have to go with yoga. Mm-hmm. What does yoga do? Because I know um, when you read online that a lot of athletes say it's great for the body, it's great for stretching and things like that. But a lot of people don't really openly talk about it. Why do you do yoga? Well, I do it for many reasons, uh, physically mm-hmm. and mentally. I, do, I go to two types. Maybe after a game or alone, like after the back-to-back game we had, I went to more of a stretching-type class where you have to hold the pose for about five to ten breaths. Whereas if it's not a game, I'm going to more into the more rigorous, hot, active classes. Mm-hmm. So it really just um, gets you in sync with your body, your mm-hmm. mind. Uh, it's a relaxing way to exercise. And just, you know, also meet new people. Just the people you meet at yoga is great as well. There are so many, you know, big-time athletes that do yoga now, too. And it, it seemed like in the past it was dogged as not being manly enough, mm-hmm. right? But now, you see, I think Tom Brady does it. Yeah. Doesn't he? I mean, yeah. you got Tom Brady... A legendary quarterback who's about to win, I think, Lombardi Trophy number six. Yeah. I, I think he is. And wanted to ask you, I'm sorry, Dakota, but who's your favorite athlete that's not from basketball? Tom Brady. It is. There we go. So is he about to win Lombardi Trophy number six? He is. This guy's amazing. I don't know. It's just, he's not human or something. It's insane. He's 40 years old. And, you know, I think it's because of maybe the lack of competition, too, in the AFC. Mm-hmm. And, like, the Steelers being ousted. God, I mean, who's going to pick the Jaguars? No offense to them because their defense is great or can be great. But stopping Tom Terrific, I mean, who's really going to bet money on that, right? I I guess somebody will in Vegas, but I don't see it happening. Doc? Now, I'm very fascinated, David. Um, You're about to play college basketball. You're about to get into that life. Do you envision, do you kind of just, uh, I know some athletes will tell us, look, we just got to go with the program. We got to go one day at a time. But do you envision long-term playing in the NBA? Do you envision that day where, you know, the commissioner, uh, Silver, comes up and is like, with the with the uh, fifth pick, you know, hopefully the Detroit Pistons select. Do you envision that, <laughs> that moment? future point guard for the Pistons that they need right now? Yeah. Like, do you yeah, envision yeah, that? Please. Does your do you allow your mind to get to that? Oh. Because I'm a guy similar that just kind of you know always likes to dream big, and I would always probably play that or maybe even produce it myself. You know what I mean? <laughs> for sure. I, yeah. I for sure think about that every day. I've been thinking about that since I picked up a basketball just to play play at the highest level, mm-hmm. uh, compete against the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's ultimately the dream for sure. Uh, yeah, I think about that daily. And you've got to have the big goals, right? Aspire yeah. to be something big. If you don't, I think uh, you've got an issue almost. I mean, you mm-hmm. should be thinking big. Right. And uh, Doc, I know you have for a while about doing this. Yeah. And we're somewhere now. we got to keep grinding, right. keep moving up. That's all we can do. And Dakota, he's working hard, too, at Oakland. And uh, we'll keep working hard on this podcast, Two Bad Hombres. Dave, it's been a pleasure having you on this week. Thank Best of luck mind. to you the rest of this season at East English. I hope you win it all, too. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Where can people follow you, David? Uh, David DeJulius. Uh, my last name, for people who don't know, is spelled D-E-J-U-L-I-U-S. Uh, David DeJulius on Snapchat, Instagram, and Twitter. 
Have you seen your following go up recently too? I have. Yeah, it seems I, like man, you're growing the the followership there, huh? I, I have. I just thought about that today. I said, "Wow, that's well, awesome. That's big." And do you honestly care about that uh, when you see the numbers, you know, ticking upward? Yeah, to some extent. Yeah, uh, just to I would be lying if I said I didn't. Yeah, just to see the recognition because it's good recognition. Uh huh. Like you know what I'm saying? Just to see people see, oh, he's doing this. They're winning and. You know, just make my mom proud. Just that's really the main thing. Just to see her look in the newspaper and see me in there, and she all smiling, almost in tears. That's great. How about you give me like a thousand of your followers? Can we make that happen? Maybe <laughs> yeah. I'm at like nine hundred something. Trust me, I care about that too, and I think actually, I think we all care about that to a certain all, extent, right? We all do, but we all do. At, at the same time, it, like I said, a lot of people do talk about the bad things of social yeah. media, but there's fun too. Yeah. People show you love right away. You, you have a great game like David did. People are going to tell you, "Look, man, that that's good stuff." You got Vito going out there interviewing you, things like that. Yeah, I don't mean to brag or anything, but I gained 15 followers in a day the other day. And That's I feel huge, pretty man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I love my it. podcast, they were going up. That's right. I love it. I love it. That's good stuff. And I loved this podcast and having you on, Dave. Once again, best of luck to you, and we'll have you on again, maybe, you know, when you're at U of M. For All sure. right? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. If you've enjoyed what you listen to, definitely check out all the remaining podcasts each and every day on the Detroit Sports Podcast Network. Check us out, DetroitSportsPodcast.com. It's me. 